We are a full enchilada today, an enchilada full of fullness. And unlike uh, unlike last week, where both Adam and I were deathly ill, I uh, should be capable of speaking without being very nasally. I am joined by Michael Murphy, who is somehow allowed back in the country from his uh, little trip to Canada. Shana and Patrick are joining us. How are you guys doing? All of you. Every one of you. I'm good. I'm good. good. It's good. good. There's really, yeah, doing real good. excitement level right now in this group. You can just feel like this podcast is going to be not a positive podcast. Um, <laughs> so here's the deal. The, uh, there are some things. The Rangers are – did we do – we haven't done a podcast since the – we did a podcast right before the start of the year. So the Rangers are 1-3, which actually – isn't the problem? I I think I wrote this in the uh, my game. Is someone eating something? What are you eating? I is think that's the sound of my knitting needles. That's the sound of my knitting needles. Are, are you knitting while you're on the podcast? Yes. Yes, I got oh my new needles God, today. You, the podcast is ruined. <laughs> Call, shut it down. It's eight oh two. I think oh it's my cool. God, I think Shana. it's fine. I didn't the think whole, this was like something you guys could hear. If, if well, you uh, can't stay focused, how can the listeners be expected to? I don't. Mm. How do you knit? And I've tried to knit before. I can't even knit and breathe at the same time. I don't watch what I what I knit. I normally do it during games. Actually, it keeps my hands busy. Except for when I change colors, I have to like watch it. But otherwise, like I don't even watch what I'm doing. What do you think? You're better than us? Is that what this is? With the goddamn no, I, trick? I just, I just, I just like Tell do him, the thing, and I just do That's it. That's right. All right. Well, outside of Shana being incredibly rude, and I apologize for that. That is just, you know, <laughs> the last time we had Shana on the podcast, I would say within like thirty minutes, Michael and I were ranking whales. So, am I? Is it my job today to keep us on 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 the yes, rails? Like Shana, Beth isn't here. I get I get a, a warning from the beginning. Yes, you have a warning. You need to. Okay. You need to keep us on track, and you've already failed because it's eight oh three, and we've barely spoken about hockey. We've talked about knitting more than we've talked. So about the Rangers hockey. are one and three this week. There's, look at her; she's just getting us right on the horse. Um, yes, yeah, so what I was going to say: the Rangers are one and three. What's and your favorite kind think, of horse? Oh God, the horses are so majestic. I didn't even know there were really uh, different kinds of horses. To be completely honest with you, I thought it was just color. Uh, sea biscuit was good, right? Sea biscuit like, was great. I like horse. Clyde sales. <laughs> I still do good, yeah. Um, that's the only horse I can name. Oh, Mustang. I didn't even... Ooh, Mustang, yeah, because it's like a car. Horsepower and whatnot. Room, sure. room, you know what I mean? Isn't that Mazda? Room, room? Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. Blue shirt. Or I don't know blue shirt. Else is like a horse. Yeah. The Rangers Monster power play. Because that's the only positive thing happening with the team. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you on that one, there, Michael. I'm gonna start this positive oh. this podcast off as positive as I can, and that's to say that. By the way, Shana, you failed completely at keeping us on track. Um, I'm just gonna say that <laughs> the Rangers are one and three. I truly think the Rangers could be three and one right now because just based off of their play and 
the fact that Varlamov and Hutton like found some type of sick demonic goaltending relic that allowed them to be ridiculously good. Um, not to say that the game, the opening night against the Avalanche was a good hockey game from the Rangers, but you can make the argument the Rangers deserve to win that hockey game. And um, I think I they think did. I think you could definitely say the same thing about their effort against St. Louis. So technically, I don't. The record, I don't. I could give a crap about the record to be completely honest with you right now. That's not what bothers me. Um, what bothers me is that it is game four of the season going into game five of the season. And we have already had two games where the lineup decisions were, uh, I don't even know how to describe them. Um, I think bad works. Bad works. Atrocious. Like uh, I'm just throwing out an arbitrary example. It would be like knitting on a podcast. I don't know, something like that. But (laughs) I just, When I think about, well, all right, I said I was going to be positive, so I'm going to continue to be positive for at least a minute. Mika Zibanejad is a man on fire, and I think that's a really good thing. Hendrik Lundqvist's demise was once again ridiculously overstated. Um, Kevin Shattenkirk, go ahead. About Mika, Um, did you guys see like the video of like they like interviewed him in the locker room or whatever like today? No. Or like yesterday, maybe. It was like a short interview where he was like, yeah, you know, I'm just trying to like contribute, whatever. Um, did he bleach his hair or is it, was it just the funny yeah. lighting or yeah. like, okay, he did? No, his hair was bleached like last year. And then I think this off season it was dark again. And, and then right before the season started, it, he bleached it. Okay, yeah, because I was like really confused and like wasn't sure if my eyes were deceiving me. And it was, you know, it was tough. Um, sorry. Maybe it's just like completely it's okay irrelevant. It's worked. You know. Yeah, that's the true. Boot- I mean, yeah, the, I'm fine. He's with a it. man on fire right now, especially on the power play. And he looks the sharp play, while he's on fire. The power play looks great. By the way, I, I should say this: if you're seven seven three um, and you're on hold because we have a full lineup, I can't put you on. It's just the way the Blog Talk Radio works. So I apologize. Um, if you are hanging out to listen to the show, you're more than welcome to stay there, but um, just know that I can't take you, so I apologize. Um, the power play, I think we need to get used to the fact that the Rangers are going to have a really good power play this year, which I am, I don't think, emotionally prepared for. Um, am I out of, am I done with positives yet? Oh, Buchnevich, Buchnevich, Kreider. There's just a lot. Oh, my Nash. gosh. That, that whole line has been great. Nash, I'm I'm just I'm really impressed with uh, with them, Zuccarello. Now I'm going to get to the negatives. I, I I don't understand how we're here. I don't get it. It's again <coughs> October 12th, and Nick Holden and Stephen Camper has played in as many games as Brendan Smith has. Something is wrong, and I don't know. I'm at a loss for words in a lot of respects to, to how that's even even remotely possible. Um, Michael, why don't you jump in here and, and, and say words? Yeah, 
Uh, I have a pretty unique perspective because I was in Canada, and so I really didn't get to see any of the Rangers play. You know, I saw highlights and recaps, but I really didn't catch anything until the Blues game. And so I was in touch with you and Shana and the rest of the, you know, Pat and the rest of the writing crew and was just hearing these nightmares about Brandon Smith being scratched and, uh, you know, games getting out of hand. And when I watched the Rangers against the Blues, you know, it, it didn't look too bad. The Rangers looked pretty solid, but it was very, very... I don't know what the right word is. It's a word I use too much, but it was vexing to see Camper in the not only in the lineup, but clearly not looking like an NHL defenseman in the lineup. And Brendan Smith and uh, I forget how to say his name, but Justin Tash or Tash of the uh, I think of the Daily News or the Post. Um, he had he got a couple of quotes about Smith about being scratched and uh you know i I don't know you know I've read a couple headlines that you know Vino is re- already resorting to playoff tricks to kind of wake up this lineup, but it's it, at what cost does this come at? I don't understand why we're already seeing Tony D'Angelo benched even though. I, I tweeted something out yesterday. It just his, you know, he, he couldn't be unluckier in terms of PDO. Uh, he has great possession numbers, and he had a couple mistakes, sure. But you know, has Mark Stahl not had mistakes? Has Shattenkirk has had mistakes? McDonough has had mistakes, and it's this very weird. It's it's. It would be one thing if it was completely objective, like uh, if it was a a level playing field and it doesn't matter who you are, if you're McDonough or if you're Brendan Smith or if you're Nick Holden, you're all held accountable to, you know, you're you're all measured by the same stick. But that is not what goes on with the player evaluation and the the night-to-night roster decisions. And I think that's what's so frustrating. And it's really been put under a spotlight here with Vigneault to start the season. I, I like I wrote in, in Canada, I, I wrote a piece about, you know, how D'Angelo might get in trouble because of his, his discipline issues. And he might come out of the lineup now and then little did I know that, you know, he would be, you know, he got the hook, you know, he got the hook after what, two games, you know, it's, and, and really, it's, I mean, he, I'm sorry, he, he played three games and Brendan Smith, who the Rangers, you know, everyone talked about Shattenkirk, but Smith, he, we're invest, invested in Brendan Smith for four years at over four million a year. He's played two of the four games. What message is that sending? He had a rough period and now we're scratching him for two games. It's bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre. But this is the, the this is the Vigneault way, unfortunately, that we continue to have these this confusion. And I don't mean to take away an opportunity for you, Pat or, or um, Shana, to to make a comment. So I'm just going to make this point quick because you mentioned something I wanted to. I said I wasn't going to cough, and I coughed. Um, Adam said a great he had a great piece um, when he was discussing this during the game, which was if benching Smith 
is a new form of like this AV awareness, right? Of this, I'm going to start holding veterans accountable. That would be one thing. But if that was the case, there is no way that, say, Camphor or Holden are going to be playing in two games in a row because the reality of the situation is both of them are not good defensemen. Camphor is nope. a replacement level defenseman at literally every, I don't, at, at best, he is a, a replacement level I think defenseman. Like sub replacement level, if we're being like brutally honest. And we want to be brutally honest. I'm just honest. not high on the guy. He had some bad plays the other night, like some really bad plays. Well, then not to cut you off, the, the turnover that led to the Blues game winning goal, if D'Angelo did that, you wouldn't. He would have been on a plane. He actually would have been on a bus to the Swamp Rabbits. I don't even think that's the mm-hmm. Rangers DHL affiliate anymore. But the Swamp Rabbits faster than no, I think they are still. Oh, they are good because Swamp Rabbits is my favorite. Is my favorite sporting name ever. Um, and Camphor was re- he didn't miss a shift, and then at the end of the game, he was rewarded by being put on the top line. I don't care. It, it, listen. A hockey player is going to give you a better chance to win. That's one thing. If it's a tie, right, and you have Kampfer, who's not good defensively, and you have D'Angelo, who's not good defensively, you take the goddamn 21-year-old guy who may become a puck-moving defenseman that every team in the league wants. You weigh it out that way. So for him not to be playing is ridiculous. And Smith, I think, is a totally other concern. Uh, I'm not going to get into that yet. Shana, you haven't spoken. You're probably knitting like crazy. What are your thoughts on all this? Um, I, have, I have a lot of thoughts on Stephen Camper. I looked it up like a minute ago. I did not know he played 146 NHL games um, in his career since 2010-11. So I'm, I'm surprised at that at all uh, because I have a hard time calling him an NHL-level defenseman. I would argue that you have more invested in Brendan Smith than you did in Kevin Shattenkirk. Because let's not forget, to get him, and we were all arguing, well, if you don't re-sign him, you just wasted two draft picks, you're no better than Sather, and you know, you're risking the team's future for right now. So not only did they risk the future, they risked the right now, they extended him, and you're, you're looking you know, to have a puck-moving blue line, which, which is great. Like By all means, please do. But you do need someone to balance that out. And the person that you have that's the best um, as a shutdown defender – that you don't see the offense from, and we all know he can do it because he's done it a lot earlier in his career, is Smith. So you want him to compliment anyone else. And when you're having a problem, you need McDonough to stabilize his game, and you're saying Shattenkirk can't do it. Well, you have a perfect person to do it in Smith who has experience playing with McDonough, even if he sucks the game before you put him with McDonough and give it a shot. And he keeps McDonough on, his, on, his left, on the left side, which should be the most important thing. And... You look at it, if it's playoff time and you're trying to make a move for playoffs, I would understand if you're like, okay, we need to put Holden in. Even if it's D'Angelo, you get one game, or Smith, or anyone else, and you felt, I'm holding you accountable and I need to switch you, just like they did with Kevin Klein in the playoffs, that's fine. Holden's fine for that. Camper isn't. And you can't tell me he deserved to be on the top pair. You can't say he deserved to be on the second pair. He didn't deserve to be on the ice at all. It, it doesn't matter, like, any way you slice it, and it it blows my mind that he of all people is who they went to. And then you scratch Smith specifically on the game that you're rolling seven defensemen. Little did we know one defenseman's not going to play at all. So you're going a player short, which is asinine in the first place. 
something that got you eliminated against the lightning. Like I'm not, I didn't forget about that one when he screwed up with that, but he goes back to that stupid tactic of all games. That's the one you're going to pull Smith for hold him accountable. Any other game, put in the extra forward. Don't choose to go now with 11 forwards and six defensemen. One of who is total crap. It, it just, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm a, I'm not going to make fun of Shane anymore because she scares me. So, <laughs> by all means, if you want to knit or whatever it is you want to do, don't don't hurt me or Mike. Hurt you my, know what, Mike Joe? Be hurt. I think we can say that Shayna knitted together quite the ar- the argument there. Ah, <laughs> oh, good one. Oh. <laughs> that. <laughs> Way, way to go. Yeah, I mean, we, that was a good we one. could say that. Didn't you guys miss me when I was in Canada? That's the I, I miss you more than you could yeah. even fathom, my friend. We're a mess um, without you. We were. We weren't talking about whales, but, too. you know. Um, yeah, I, I just, I don't see, and listen, can I also say that it's very alarming to, to hear a head coach make ridiculous decisions saying, quote, we're trying to win hockey games in the third game of the season. Something's wrong, right? (laughs) These are not normal things. You don't hear comments like this. Other teams don't have this problem. I don't understand. How is that okay? Not that you, not that you're not trying to like, not that you're not trying to win hockey games because you are trying to win hockey games. But the comment, we're just trying to win some hockey games, insinuates that, oh, shit, my job is on the line, and I don't know what's happening, so I'm just going to make decisions. I speculated maybe Vigneault is coaching for his job, and um, a couple of beat reporters took offense to that for whatever reason. But the reality of the situation is nobody speaks like that. And by the way, before I let you jump in, Mike, and then, Pat, you can jump in after that, if – you are trying to win hockey games and you're playing Camper and Holden over Smith and D'Angelo, you're not doing it right. Mike, go ahead. Yeah, there's, I think there's definitely something to your point about, you know, he's, he's kind of coaching for his job to some extent. This isn't like the playoffs are in, in November and the Rangers have to figure their shit out. This is, you know, yeah, they're stumbling out of the starting block like plenty of teams are. I mean, you know, the, the Predators aren't off to a great start. You know, who the hell thought the Devils would be the only team in the Eastern Conference that, you know, has yet to, yet to lose a game. But that's what happens when we have, you know, two or three or four game sample sizes. And, you know, some teams like the Devils were looked like a great, offensive team in the preseason but hey it was it's the preseason you know it's just like Hita looking fantastic against you know the Islanders B team in preseason then you know we see him get sent down but you know it just so happens that the Devils offense has kind of kept rolling but they also have a couple guys shooting above 50 percent and right now you know, I don't think John Hines, who's the coach of the Devils, is saying like, yeah, we better start booking our tickets to, uh, you know, the, the playoffs here. You know, we're a playoff team. That's not just like Vino shouldn't be saying, you know, there are big problems here we need to address now. It's a long, long season. There's, 
you know, nearly 80 games left to play. There's plenty of time to figure this out. And benching someone like Smith and putting someone, I like, in all honesty, I raised an eyebrow at Camper getting the extension he got. Didn't he get like a two year extension last season where, did. you know, it was just, yeah, it's just like, oh, he must be that character guy for the Wolfpack that, you know, you just want that veteran there to, to wear a letter on his jersey, to be the guy who, you know, all the young guys can look to and say, oh, you know, he's 29 years old, he's been around the block, yada, yada, yada. You know, he's he's a veteran, you know, the, the sage veteran voice that, that'll be in the locker room to help the kids develop. But who the hell thought he'd still be here, let alone – taking ice time and games away from guys like D'Angelo and Smith. And I couldn't think of like, unless outside of injuries, there's no reason for a guy like Camper to be in the lineup, especially at the expense of D'Angelo who's better than him already. And Smith, who's frankly in a, in a different tier of defensemen. Brendan Smith is a, is a second pairing NHL defenseman that can play both sides. Brady Shea had a couple rough games. Brendan Smith had, you know, he didn't look great. But, you know, it's it's a couple rough games. We've seen a ton of hockey from Brendan Smith, even specifically in a Rangers jersey, where he looks great. This is just, it's it's going to pass. But the problem is, I'm one of the people who, I don't necessarily believe that it'll pass if, you know, you give him a wake-up call you know, public, like publicly humiliate him, you know, put him in a suit to watch the games after giving him that big contract extension. I think that's close to a toxic thing to do to a player. Granted, I'm not a coach and I don't know anything about, you know, what goes on in the locker room and all that, but it just, it really baffles me that already Vigneault has decided to kind of shake things up and risk you know, screwing up the team harmony and everything and the team structure after, you know, the, the freaking emotional journey to Lake Placid after the preseason and all this nonsense. You know, I, I don't get it, but uh, I'll, I guess I'll let Pat hop in here so I stop rambling. Oh, no, I was just laughing at the emotional journey to Lake Placid, dude. <laughs> um. Okay, so I have an actual thought aside from the team building exercise was ridiculous and great, um, which it was, just for the record. Um, they listen to my real talk. Zuccarello into the air, you have to do it. Yeah, yeah for a I mean, yeah, it's just it's great. That'll win hockey. The content games. was so good. But um, as far as, so building off of what Mike said, I really think this is like apparently somewhat controversial um, amongst people I've talked to and amongst, certainly amongst folks on the internet. Um, But I really don't think you can tell pretty much anything about a hockey team that you didn't know before game one, after game one, two, three, four, five. Like, I don't think like, you know what I mean? Like we knew going into game one that we needed a center and we still know that. And that's about it. Like, you, you know, you can learn small tidbits about, like, oh, this guy's, like, you know, made a step forward, like Bushnevich, like, 
he's clearly like more poised on the puck and like he's like playing better two ways, whatever. So you can say like, hmm, I think he's going to have a better year this year. I think he's ready for, you know, big minutes potentially, whatever. But as far as like the team overall, I don't think you can say like the defense is playing well or the defense is playing poorly because it's been five games. Four games, five games, whatever. Four games. Four games. You're right. It's been five games for some other teams. Um, but, yeah, like, I don't think you can tell pretty much any – like, and so Vigneault – for Vigneault to go and say, like, oh, I have to change up the defense pairings because obviously something's awry with this defense, I don't know if you could really say that. And I would hope as a coach you would be a little bit more – even keeled and a little bit more kind of agnostic in a sense and say, I don't know what this team is yet. We have to find out. Let's play the best possible lineup and see if we find out. Right. But instead he decides, you know, Brendan Smith isn't good. Uh, Brady Shea needs to get less ice time than Holden and Camper. Like, just crazy, crazy things that are just reactionary decisions that I don't know. I mean, I think Joe was onto something perhaps in the sense that even if he's not playing for his job, I think he thinks he's playing for his job, you know, as far as, you know, we're trying to win hockey games here. Like, yeah, dude, everyone's trying to win hockey games here. Like <laughs> it's the, the NHL. End of the season. It's the, it's not. And that's, you don't make comments like that. It's it's just bizarre. And it's normal. It's the yeah. same thing where he was like, you know, I love Hank, but I love the team more last year. You just don't make comments like that. They're not. Yeah, I mean, yeah it's just and, crazy. And I don't want to get into, uh, you know, a war of the words here, but this – let me put it to you this way. I'm going to say five years ago, if Mignot was the coach – I, I think the media had a lot more teeth and maybe it was because there was a different group out there than there are right now. Maybe it was because there was a universal disdain or distaste for um, John Tortorella. I'm sure it's actually somewhere in the middle, but Larry Brooks used to destroy John Tortorella for his lack of usage when it came to Chris Kreider. And I know that they have a history, oh, totally. so maybe that's part of it. But there is no way that John Tortorella gets away with not playing Heedle and just kind of being like, well, you know, we're just going to send him back. And look, we're going to talk about that maybe if we have time. It's ultimately a good thing for Heedle to go somewhere where he's actually going to, you know, play hockey games. But I look at this team and I try to – you can't get information out of them anymore. It's not possible. You can't follow. Let me just explain. Let me just give you a perfect example of what I'm talking about. And I, I've mentioned this before, that one of the most frustrating things about Vigneault is there's no, there's no like logical path. There's no, okay, he's at A, he thinks B, he does C. It's he thinks A, he does pineapple because of orange. Holden was pretty much benched against the St. Louis Blues in the third period. Kampfer, for whatever reason, got promoted to the top pair, and Holden played, I think, 11 minutes 
in the whole game and didn't really didn't play at all in the third period. Today, Holden was moved up to the top pair with Ryan McDonough. Not that, listen, if, if between Holden and Camper, Holden should be the guy who's playing there. Neither of them should be, but if you're going to have to pick one of them, you would, of course, pick Holden. But how does that make sense? And if you are trying to win hockey games, at what point do you sit there and say, well, wait a minute, didn't you just not think highly enough of him to play in a crunch time moment against the Blues, and yet here you are giving him top-line minutes against, I don't even know who the Rangers are playing tomorrow. Who are the Rangers playing tomorrow? Columbus. Uh, Columbus. Columbus. Oh, good. So Columbus you're talking the about Devils a team on that, Saturday. That, that, that does have a legitimate firepower offense. I just, I don't understand, and I can't figure out the logic, and that, it irks me. Because I want to know, I want to understand where he's coming from. And you're not going to get it from the yeah, media, I mean, like or not. And you're, you just have to sit there and guess. Someone was saying something. So I, I, think, I think he maybe thinks like, oh, like he played poorly the other night. Maybe he'll play well tonight. Like, you know, like maybe he's too agnostic in the sense that like he thinks like, oh, I just can't know if Nick Holden is going to be good tonight or not. You know, like the there's no way to tell, that, but like there is a way to tell. Huh? He may legitimately be coaching that way. I and, yeah. and it, a lot of coaches do that type of oh you know he had a rough night but he's a guy you know and listen Vigneault did that the right way with Lundqvist Lundqvist got shelled against Toronto it was not his fault he was supposed to start Pavlik and he said you know what there's no way Hank is going to play that poorly again that's an example of a smart adjustment from him that is absolutely the way you handle that situation exactly how you handle that situation. But then you turn around and he goes, well, you know, we're just going to throw Holden up there because there's no way he could play that bad again. I, I don't get it. The issues with Vigneault, because for whatever reason, the media is really defending him pretty hard. Um, there are people who think he deserves a fresh start every year, which is insane. You don't, that, that would be like someone going to jail and then they commit the exact same crime the next year, and the judge is like, well, we can't look at you as a repeat offender. You get a clean start every year, so whatever. If this is the same thing that happened last year, and it is, different players, but it's the same thing, and that was why the Rangers lost against Ottawa, don't you think eyebrows should be raised somewhere along the line? Like, hey, didn't we do this already? Didn't we dance this dance already? And again, it's with the defense. I mean, thank God Girardi's not here because who, I, I can't even imagine what it would be like. It would be just as bad. It would have to be. Um, who wants to, does someone want to say words? I've said a lot of words. Yeah, I have words. Shana has um, words. Two, th- two things. If, if Lundqvist sucked this season, Lundqvist, Lundqvist walked in and he looked exactly how he looked against Ottawa because, you know, he did struggle more against Ottawa than Montreal. There's no secret to it. He walked in everyone would be shitting on him immediately. It would be like, Lundqvist, you're washed up, you're 35 years old, you can't play, blah, 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 and everyone would give him a hard time. If Stepan was still on this team and he had a drought coming in and it was a continuation of the playoffs, why do we keep up, blah, 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 and it would, it would go on and on and on and on. But I, I understand you can't grade a team after, you know, four games, and I completely and totally agree. That's why you, you need to take the small things and build on them. 
Vigneault's doing exactly what he did last year. It's a complete and total continuation. It's it's not like a little bit. It's as bad as it gets when you think Stephen Camper belongs in your in at the NHL level at all, but in your top six on your top pair. It's 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 indefensible at this point, and it's such a continuation from last year. So no, we're not grading him on the four things he's done this year, the four games this year. It's a continuation from what is it, three years and four games that it's like, are you kidding me? Like you've had two chances at Stanley Cups, you've had two golden opportunities because you had generational goaltenders. You had Roberto Luongo, and you screwed it up. You had Lundqvist, and you screwed it up. And then the year after with Lundqvist, you could have gone back. And what did you do in Game 7? You decided to go with seven defensemen, use Tanner Glass over James Shepard. I'm really not over this one still. But you screwed up. It's at a certain point where you go, I get it, you have the NHL resume, but you keep screwing up that I can't look at you with a clean slate and be like, it's okay. You'll do better the next game. And also, his pregame interview before St. Louis, they asked him why he was putting Holden and Camper in there. He said he has eight NHL defensemen that he's letting compete for spots. And when Smith and D'Angelo get back in the lineup, whenever that may be, that they have to fight for those spots. I don't – if you if you make the argument he said that about D'Angelo, I keep my mouth shut because I can't be like, well, step on – we lost step on for you forever, but we lost step on for you. But with Smith, I'm going to say it. This is top four defensemen. It'll be there forever. I'm not over it. I'll never it's be over it. Whatever. It's on yeah, fire no, right now. This is amazing. I, I just – like, there's only so much you can say, and it, you don't want to, like – you know, everything on Twitter, you could say it in so many characters, and it's like, oh, well, fire AV. Like, it's not that clear and simple. But if this was Lundqvist, you would be talking shit all day about how he's too old, he shouldn't be in the crease, we screwed up with Toronto, we screwed up with Talbot. We already saw those, well, those articles before the season even started. Why are they not being held to the same, like, why is Vigneault not being held to the same standard? And, and here's the other thing, and Michael Silvers just brought this up in the chat room. If AV is experimenting this wildly, why didn't you give Heedle more than two games? And why in the two games that you did give Heedle, did you give him like 33 seconds? It That's will, how long it takes to grade talent. Duh. It will, <laughs> you, Jesus, Shana, <laughs> Good I'm God. telling you right now, gold medal. I'm, all right? I, I take it back. Do I still you, get you what was it, what the Yankee want. candle or whatever? The Yankee candle you, carved with my uh, my calder? Yes, I'm looking. Is there's a the half burned Yankee candle right here. It is. The name of it is. Oh, I can't read it from here. It's cranberry something. Cranberry yeah. something. Ooh. It is half burned. It is yours. It is now cranberry Shana. Um, just, just carve ha- it into a calder and I accept. All right, it's yours. I just. I agree Perfect. with you. How is this okay? And not necessarily because I expect more because I really don't expect more out of what, again, I'm not trying to start anything here, but a a media group that really is not willing to, I guess, question authority. And and I don't think that's an unfair Uh, thing at this point. (laughs) What, what happens? Vigneault doesn't have to answer for any of these decisions. I think that's a problem. Because I do think if the media consistently just crushed these awful decisions, there would be a little bit more uh, hesitation for him to do this nonsense. I really do believe that. But he makes their job easier because he's not a total asshole like Tortorella was. And they just sit there and they say, uh, all right, we're, you know, we're just going to let it go. 
because you can't you can't pick and choose, and Vigneault picks and chooses. See, I'm getting a, I'm getting a goddamn this, a solicitor calling me right now, and my phone is trying to tell me who it is, and I can't get over there. So, just listen to the phone ring. This is a professional podcast. patreoncom slash Um Goddamn you. You, you can't pick and choose. You can't sit there and say, oh, you know what, De- you know, D'Angelo's got to earn his job, and I need, I need Smith to think that he has to earn his job, and then turn around and say to Heedle, hey, listen, you're never, you're never going to play. I mean, Heedle begged them to let him stay in Hartford, which I think was a really, really big move on his behalf because he wants to play in the NHL this year. I want that guy in my lineup. See what you have in him. What's the downside? There is no downside. There's literally no downside to seeing what Heedle is. But that's apparently too much of a risk to take. So instead, we're just going to sit here and we're going to throw him to the minors. I don't like it. I really don't like it. I don't like the way that, that this whole thing that this whole thing is gone. Michael, you want to say words? Well, yeah, I think there's two things I want to bring up, and it's really just kind of adding more, you know, more dirt on the compost pile we have here. But, you know, before before the season began, Vino was saying, you know, yeah, compost. Uh, can't Canadians are big on compost, by the way. It's a big deal up there. I had a, uh, my best friend had like a compost pile and it was really disgusting, but I don't even know what they ended up, if they ever used it or not, but he had one. Well, well this, is, this is what happens when lovely we give Shana free reign because too. we're all afraid of her. Yeah, be afraid. Um, I'm so threatening. threatening me and my knitting. Yeah. Well, I'm sure everyone remembers Vino's comments that, you know, Mark Stahl for the first time really had to like earn his ice time, compete for his spot and his, you know, all that. And we, we heard all that, but you know, Mark Stahl had like, I would call it like a, like an incidental offensive savant game where he picked up a couple points. He scored a goal and for whatever reason that excuses his shortcomings, but you know, and moving into the season, his stock was nowhere near Brendan Smith's stock. But he's not the one who gets scratched to shake things up. And the other thing I wanted to, to, to add is, and specifically related to Heedle, is you can have this guy in the lineup for nine games, and you can learn so much about him in those nine games. And teams all over the league use these first, you know, these first few weeks to really kind of figure out where a lot of these young players are. It doesn't matter if they're, you know, teams like the Blackhawks and they're doing that with, you know, Debrinkat, you know, teams like the Oilers who have a lot of kids in the lineup and they're trying to see whether or not they're ready. You know, you use this time of the year to kind of feel out what your lineup is. But that doesn't mean saying, you know what, Brendan Smith, we just signed you to this big extension. We think the best thing right now is to give our journeyman AHL defenseman, you know, in over two games, over 17 minutes a night, when Smith in two games averaged, you know, 15 and a half minutes. That's, that's just 
utter madness. And the thing that really kind of gets to me about this, and I know I'm just, you know, hitting a nail that we've already driven through the board here, but the other thing that gets to me about this is the lack of consistency with who Vino chooses to hold accountable, you know, how he's measuring performance, you know, why is D'Angelo not in the lineup? We we know Smith is back in the lineup against uh, Columbus tomorrow, but we also know that D'Angelo is still scratched. What is what does a twenty-one-year-old defenseman have to do to get back in this lineup that can skate and move the puck like this kid can? The Rangers don't need that in the lineup. They need Nick Holden. They need Camper. Even Vino's system likes puck-moving defensemen. What the hell does Camper or Nick Holden have to do with that? Neither of them fit into that system. I mean, Holden's not you know shy about jumping up in the offense, but pairing Kevin Shattenkirk with Mark Stahl is not the solution to this team's problems. That's not going to fix things. Uh, I really would like to see the media get a little more aggressive about, you know, instead of just saying things like, oh, he's resorting. We saw Larry Brooks do it a bit with, you know, calling Vino out for resorting to playoff tricks already. But why is this just a free pass for him that, you know, he he can take this roster that Gorton hands him and then just kind of throw it to the wind and let the, you know, let everything kind of let the pieces fall where they may. I really don't get this coach. I also, I think it would be a good idea for us to get into Cracknell, but uh, I know Pat had something to say. Oh, okay. So I guess I just had a, a question for y'all. Um, do you think given, so Mike, you mentioned that Gordon basically gave him like a roster that like one would think you could hardly screw up. Um, and Shana talked about the importance of Brendan Smith in terms of the cost to acquire him and the extension. And also, I guess, given Heedle and the way he's, you know, asked to play in North America and then they send him to the AHL, um, do you think there's a disconnect between Gordon and AV in a way? Like, do you think there's any – I mean, obviously all this is speculative – but I would have to imagine that Gordon on some level is not super stoked. Right? So I'm I wrote my about short that answer today. is yes. I wrote about that today and I'm going to give oh, you Oh, I didn't catch your I was doing stuff today. I'm gonna give you a crazy answer. Okay. I'm my so what I wrote about Pat was exactly what you asked, because the Rangers trade Carl Hagelin for one NHL asset in Emerson Edom. Jason Magna gets more power play time in one game than Edom got in all of his games in New York combined. The New York Rangers trade everything for Keith Yandel. Keith Yandel gets played like a third pairing defenseman and gets less power play time than he's ever gotten in his career. Jeff Gordon trades. Derek Stepan, as Shana said, forever for one NHL asset in Anthony D'Angelo, and he is not being used at all at this point. What that tells a normal person is there is a disconnect. 
But I'm going to throw this a different way. What if there isn't a disconnect? What if Gordon is okay with this? Because at, at this stage in the game, you would have to assume that he would have stepped in by now, right? Hey, what are you doing? Unless there is something happening with Brendan Smith behind the scenes that we don't know about, and in truth, there's no way to prove that one way or another unless A.V. says something, there's no reason for him to sit two games. Unless something is going on with Tony D'Angelo behind the scenes, and again, he's had issues off the ice before, and we don't know about it, there is no reason for him to be sitting. Is it possible that both of them have off-the-ice issues? I doubt it. But there is no reason for both of them to be sitting. And this game of, well, Gordon does X and the Rangers do Y, it it doesn't work anymore. It doesn't make sense. So I agree with you, Pat, that I think I see a clear division between where Gordon expects the team to be and where AV's brought the team. But Gordon gave AV a two-year extension last season. Gordon does not seem to have a crazy issue with what's going on with this defense right now because it wouldn't be happening. And Lindy Ruff was an AV-approved hire. And Lindy Ruff would be just as bad as Vigneault would be behind the bench. So I don't think there's a way to accurately answer your question. I don't think it's a bad question. In fact, I think it is the million-dollar question. This is literally going to be the, are the Rangers going to move in the right direction to win a Stanley Cup, or are they screwed forever question? Because there's no other way to look at it. There really isn't. That, but I don't, I'm no longer convinced that Gordon isn't an accomplice to this. Because too much has happened, he would have had to step in. There's no way. There's no way these – and that's what I wrote about today too. There's no way that these conversations don't happen. None. Shana, do you have a, an answer to this question? Yeah. Um, I think last year in the playoffs when Vigneault was making really dumb decisions the entire time, you would hear him like, oh, well, I'm speaking to Jeff about it. And a lot of the decisions that were bad were like, you know, Girardi playing a lot of minutes. Smith not playing a lot of minutes, Glass being in, Buchnevich being out. And you already saw those changes, and those changes came from Vigneault. Buchnevich is in. I don't know if he said he's staying because if not, we're going to lose him. You're playing him. But it's also like he's been so good that, you know, you don't have that issue. Smith got extended. He got extended, and Gordon went to the media and said, Shea is your second, you know, Shea is on the left behind McDonough as your top four, and Smith and Shattenkirk complimented. He came out and said, this is our top four. This summer, he made it clear Mark Stahl is going to be on the third pair, and then everyone else is battling it out, really. So he, he did the right thing in every which way. You know, Girardi was a problem. He was going to keep playing on the top pair. Let's buy him out. Tanner Glass, we can't keep in the lineup because, you know, next thing you know, he's going to be on the first line. Like, we don't know. we got to get rid of him. He's not totally in agreement. I also think that it, maybe he looked at it and he went, you know, this is such um, a well-respected coach, and he's done so well before, and we've had shitty starts before. Let's put the brakes on it. Let's see what he does. I'm going to give you a chance. But, like, pull it together, and at some point in the near future, if it continues, he will. I don't know if he's on the same page, though. And he still has a boss to answer to, and that's a big difference between him and Sather. Sather was the president and the general manager, and he really didn't have to answer to anybody. Gordon still has to answer to say there, and if he's not getting the right results, 
then Seder can step in at any time and say, even if he agrees, you know, oh, I like Dan Girardi or whatever, like, sure, I'm sure you did it with your contract or those types of things, he can still step in and say, you're not getting me the results, you're fired. So at, at a certain point, I can't think that Gorton's in agreement with this, and I have to think he's going to agree to do things for the better, but I guess we won't know until we find out. I, I, don't I, I just want to right say now, that's, that's an amazing point that I didn't think of. I'm giving you props on this one. Um, that Gordon does have an overlord to answer to. I never thought about that, honestly, not once. That Glenn That's Sater why I don't know if Danielle sort of has this, as much this, of a leash this year. Right. He, he worked with like this fantasy. And honestly, it's kind of a good thing to work to operate that way because, A, you never want a dictator like Phil Jackson in New York, for example, if you're a Knicks fan, which I am not, but I'm assuming that I'm accurate in that in that analogy. But when Glenn Sather had to answer to no one, he could do whatever the hell he wanted. He didn't give a shit. If Gordon, if a coach is not doing well and a general manager thinks that their job is in jeopardy, they will fire said coach. When Glenn Sather knows there is a safety net under him at all times, why is he going to get his hands dirty if he doesn't have to? And I think that's an enormous – that's just – that's a great point, Shana. It really is. There absolutely is a standard deviation where Gordon can sit there and say, I might lose my job, so I'm not doing this. Vigneault, you need to figure this shit out, and we haven't gotten there yet, and who knows if we're going to get there at all. But that is a variable that I didn't think of, and it's a really and good also, point. And also it looks it's a bad. Really good point. It, it well, looks worse uh, for him, if, for anybody. He did all of this to the team. He got him D'Angelo. He got rid of the, you know, he created a whole year. He did all this stuff. If he did all of it for, not, for it to not work out, be, especially because it's not being used, it looks so bad for him. As much as it looks bad for Vigneault because it's like, wow, you're really making bad decisions, it looks terrible for Gordon because it's like, one, you have no authority. You got to change that. Why am I paying these people if they're not, you know, it's going to look bad on him more than anything at a certain point. So I got to think something's going to change and it's going to be because of Gordon. Mike, your thoughts on this? I think you really don't need me on the podcast anymore. Just let Shana talk. That's what I'm starting to think. I don't know. Shana's fired up for some reason. Are you okay, Shana? You took the knitting needles away from her. I'm still knitting this entire time. She is knitting. I knew she was knitting. I got a lot done, feel. actually. I'm very pleased with the, it. I could feel the anger knitting. Shayna, by the way, has an Etsy. You have it on Etsy, right? Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. you can buy, um, she knits scarves, hockey scarves. What is it? Tell the people. Mm-hmm. It's Etsy.com slash shop, and it's sew and knots, but the sew is S-E-W, like, you know, you're sewing and crafty. Sew and knots. It, it doesn't you make sense for knitting, but yeah. She knits things. They're actually really pretty. And there's bracelets and there's tie-dye. Just go buy her shit because obviously she's mentally deranged right now with some anger and she's going to kill you if you don't. I mean, like, I'm, I feel like I have really restrained myself. Like, when everyone's talking on Twitter about, like, oh, my God, Vigneault, fire Vigneault. Like, I've restrained myself so much because I'm like, okay, I don't want to say something and then it's going to look terrible in a day or, you know, like... I'm going to give it a chance. And it's like, 
you watch this stuff and you put out these lineups and it's like, oh my God, this is such crap. Like, I just want to sit here and watch a hockey game and enjoy myself and write about it. And it's like, I'm not doing that. And it's continuation of last year. And I don't like that. We were so excited for hockey and look what we got. I was going to tell you, I did not expect, I did not expect to be this upset this early in the year because one of the enormous, I thought, advantages of this lineup was Vigneault can't screw it up, and that was my mistake. I was a fool. I was a fool for believing that because I really did think everything, you know what, Jeff, you took all the toys out of his hand. This is exactly what we should be doing. You know, we got the right players in here. We're going we're gonna to make this happen, and the next thing you know, here we are again wondering – what is it that's happening? Because I really don't, I don't know. Like I said, I cannot follow that path of logic. And that upsets me. It annoys me because Tortorella, at least he explained it to you. You're an idiot for thinking that because X, Y, Z. I'm playing him. You could figure out what he was thinking. The only thing I can think of when I listen to AV say things like that. Today, he made a comment today where he said one of the reasons why he's um, – I think the reason why Holden was on the top pair was because he's trying to figure out what his, his top shutdown pair is. That – you're not <laughs> in the right place. That's not a – that's – no. Don't whatever, – whatever magical woman or, like, wizard you spoke to said to you, oh, this is what you're going to do, she's wrong. He's wrong. I don't know what it is. Holden is not – you know Holden doesn't work there. You saw it last year. This is the problem with this ideology of, oh – To you. Right. It's it's this ideology of, oh, you have to give A.V. a fresh start. You don't because we did this last year. I could have told you and did tell you that D'Angelo was going to push A.V.'s buttons to the point where he wasn't going to play. I didn't guess that. I'm not some some psychic. (coughs) I've seen this happen before a thousand times. It's just different players. Pat, I've been cutting you off. Did you have something you wanted to say? Oh, no, I just said that that was Patrick Waugh's best defenseman, Nick Holden. It was. And you know, and, you know uh, what? I think that I'm may be like, the reason because... why he's, I, I, you know? I agree with what you're going to say. I think that is a big part of why Holden is what he is on this team. Because Vigneault was like, oh, totally. Patrick Waugh thinks he's good. God damn, I got to get him on the ice as much as I can. He's a fourth or fifth defenseman. I think Holden that's all he said. He's a fourth or fifth defenseman. defenseman. He didn't say, like, I don't think he was like, oh, he's, he's a – he was like, he's a solid fourth or fifth pairing defenseman. And Vigneault was like, you know what? Top pair defenseman McDonough. Let's do it, like, to start the year. And it was like, he did not tell you to do that. I think McDonough is contractually <laughs> obligated to play with bad defensemen. It's just Poor in guy. his contract. His, his agent didn't read it good enough, well enough. Um, Patrick, how would you answer your own question? How would I answer my own question? Uh, yeah. You know, I'm torn because on one level, I think, like, there's no way that Gordon isn't sitting up in his office thinking, like, maybe it's time to think about getting rid of this guy if he keeps doing stupid crap. But at the same time, like you said – Gordon has kind of, like, he's been along for the ride on all of these things. You know, like, it it is his responsibility as well, and 
he certainly hasn't come out. I mean, he did kind of come out and say, we need a little bit more speed. We need a little bit more puck movement. Like, defense is an issue. Like, he, that was something he said. Um, so, you know, you give him a little bit of credit and you think maybe this guy's got his head screwed on straight. But, yeah, I'm torn between – it was funny when you said, what if Jeff Gordon – does agree with all the things Vigneault does. Like, I got that feeling, like, um, you know, when Luke Skywalker finds out that Darth Vader is his dad, and he's like, no! Um, like that. But, um... Like when you see little kids... But, like, that's how it makes me feel. They just instantly panic. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, exactly, yeah. Like, that's the feeling. It's like the sickening, oh my god, what yeah, is happening? Like, I don't want to accept this as true. But it could totally be true that Jeff Gordon and Vigneault are on the same page and, like, we're cooked. Like, our, our Stanley Cup hopes are, are done, though. Well, I don't know. If, I really don't know how to answer it. And I don't think that's a ridiculous statement to make. If we're at the point now where he legitimately believes that Holden and Camp are better options than Smith and D'Angelo, and we're sitting here and we're thinking, well, you know, this is the way things are going to look. And we're trying to win hockey games, and up oh, we lost game one of the playoffs with this optimal lineup. So here we go. We're going back to holding. You know the Rangers are not gonna. They're not getting anywhere. You can. I, I've gotten into this argument with people before. I, I understand that Vigneault has an unbelievable regular season resume. I understand that Vigneault is a coach who um, deserves respect. I don't think Elaine Vigneault is a bad hockey coach. I really don't think he is. What I think Vigneault's flaws are is that he doesn't adjust, and he, he's awful at talent evaluation. And no, in a pinch, no self-awareness. he will always, always, always choose a veteran that he trusts over a kid that's better or a person that's better. Smith has kind of thrown the youth, out, the youth bias out the window because Smith isn't a kid. He's 28 years old. He's not a kid. So – this is not a matter of Smith being youth. This is a matter of he likes Holden more and he likes Camper more. And we saw that by the fact that the Rangers weren't willing to waive Camper because they thought he was going to get taken. Who gives a crap? Who cares? Right. Like that's a pretty big indictment of Jeff Gordon right there. Like, and, but and that, I don't even know if it's an indictment of just Jeff Gordon. I think it's an indictment of the fact that Gordon and Sather are on or Gordon and Sather. Gordon and Vigneault were on the same page about some of this because right. there's no way that AV would be like, well, you know, I really, I'd hate to lose him that Gordon wouldn't say, well, I actually don't care at all. So we're just, we're going to wave him. Right. That's Gordon's job. That is Gordon's job. Yeah. If you're sitting in your computer and, and you're a general manager and you're thinking to yourself, I don't know what we're going to do if we lose Stephen Camper to waivers You've done something wrong. You screwed up somehow. I don't know what to tell you, but it's bad. Whatever you did was wrong, and you're going to have serious repercussions down the line. And that's exactly where the Rangers are right now. There's a reason and it's funny, he was they keep here. talking about showcasing. Sorry. Well, yeah, I'm glad talking, you said they, that because that is the... You're not showcasing Camper. Right. That is the quote-unquote, like, you don't well, think how so? do you know they're not showcasing him? No, they're not. They're not. Holden, they're not. maybe. We've been down this road before, they are not showcasing 
Holden and Camphor. That is not – I would love to be wrong about this, but I'm not wrong. They're not showcasing them. I would I'm love sorry. to. I mean, like, there are teams looking for defensemen, and it's like, you know, Vegas, they're, they're trying to play hardball when they have, like, you know, a ton of crappy defensemen that they're ready to trade. But it's like, hey, here's our crappy defenseman, and he'll score you points, and, you know, he can take minutes. Here's Nick Holden, and he's really not a bad option for someone that needs a bottom six defenseman. But you, if you're going to use that excuse on Holden, I'm like, sure, it holds water. But Camper, are you kidding me? No, you're not. You're not showcasing Camper. You're showcasing him for yourself because you seem to like him as a defenseman, even though no one else does. Mike, I apologize that I betrayed you. I X'd out of the chat and didn't even even look at it. Mike has a lot of things to say. Yeah, Mike, what do you have to say? Oh, I had a pun, but it's it's so late now, it doesn't even matter. I, I want to hear it anyway. Uh, hear it? Because, oh, this is going to go over great. So, Shana, <laughs> you could have named your Etsy shop Knitwit. Get it? The K-N-I-T... <laughs> I didn't know how to anyway, when I started the shop. That's wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought that was clever. I, I thought like it was it. good. If only I knew how to knit then. I don't think I could change it now, though. So I'm stuck with the whatever oh. name I have. Yeah, do me a favor, knit me a noose. Anyway, um, <laughs> I have well, this got, this got dark. Two, points, <laughs> two points to raise. Uh, Adam wrote a, a very good article about how, you know, the Rangers' real problem, it's kind of... the the big part that frustrates me about this is that this is kind of a problem that Vigneault has created when moving into the season, you know, we've used a lot of language like, you know, Gorton gave him a team that he could mess up or Gorton gave him this team, you know, as it is. And the Rangers team on paper has flaws. And so we don't really need Vigneault gumming up the works and making things worse by, you know, half haphazardly just, you know, throwing wrenches into things and, deciding that Steven Camper needs to be in the lineup. But, you know, getting Adam Cracknell on waivers does not solve the Rangers, you know, problem down the middle in no way, shape, or form. I think there's a real, there's a real issue there with, you know, that's the problem that this team has. That's what Vino should be spending his energy on. And, you know, we heard him recently say that, he likes Miller more on the wing after, you know, saying uh, a lot of things that weren't that. And he also believes that Miller is more comfortable there. But we also have this issue now of, you know, between now and the next time we podcast, the Rangers have games against Columbus, uh, New Jersey, and Pittsburgh. And the Columbus and New Jersey is back-to-back. And that's three divisional games. And yes, it's October. And no, we shouldn't get too crazy about what happens in October. And we spent a lot of time talking about, you know, you can make mistakes and feel things out and figure things out in the beginning of the season. But there is something significant about this Rangers October because they have what I think it's 10 home games in October. And you can't, you know, growing pains are all well and good, but the Rangers can't really afford to just, you know, be, be a, you know, a garbage fire through the entire month. And to me, that is, that doesn't speak to, oh, Vino is right for, you know, rattling the cage and, you know, trying to get people, you know, 
you know, get people going. And, you know, he's under the impression he has eight NHL defensemen. So trust him, trust the system. To me, this is much more, you know, this is a coach creating problems, problems for himself. There's no need to play this game, you know, of musical chairs with Camphor and Holden and D'Angelo. I understand to some extent, um, you know, kind of wavering between Holden and D'Angelo, much like we saw him kind of waver between Klein and uh, Holden, you know, where every once in a while he couldn't help himself. He wanted to mix things up, you know, plug in this guy or that guy. And for whatever reason, he's convinced that Holden can play both sides. But, you know, the, the Devils are red hot right now, even though I think they're a paper tiger. The Blue Jackets are not a joke. And the Penguins are the Penguins. I mean, they're not who they were in the playoffs last year, but it's still Pittsburgh. You know, it's a team that can humiliate you if you make mistakes with your defensive pairings. Vino has kind of chosen to put himself under a magnifying glass here. And I'm really not convinced it's going to work out for him as even with, you know, all the trust that Gorton may or may not have in him and the media maybe or maybe not taking it easy on him because it's very easy to point to Henrik Lundqvist's age and say that's this is the reason why the Rangers are allowing so many goals. But it's at some point this all has to fall on the coach's head. He has a lot of the tools here to make this work. And he's choosing not to use the right tools for the job. You know, he's looking at a screw and picking up a hammer. He needs to figure this out. And I think that, you know, Joe alluded to, you know, some of some members of the media, you know, kind of rolling their eyes at the idea that Vino is playing for his job and, you know, or coaching for his job, excuse me. But there's, there's nothing other than the contract extension that says, you know, he's in a very comfortable position. He hasn't done what the Rangers brought him here to do. He has to figure this out. Like Shana said, he dropped opportunities and with two, you know, generational goaltenders with Luongo and, and Lundqvist. He's got to figure stuff out. Uh, I think that we are all kind of talking in pessimistic terms, but I think there's enough talent in this Rangers lineup where they can figure it out. And like Joe said, a lot of these games could have gone the other way and that would take a lot of the sting out of, you know, a record of one and three to start the season. But there's just, there's a lot of reason for this October to carry a little more meaning than previous Octobers. And maybe this is, Oh, we're just showcasing Holden to see what the hell we can get for a third line center. But I doubt it. You know, it, it seems very unlikely. What I would like to see the Rangers do, and by that I mean what I would like to see Vigneault do, is to trust the guys that are there who will be part of the answer. Nick Holden's not going to be an answer. Stephen Camper on his best day is not going to be an answer come playoff time. That's Brendan Smith. And maybe with a couple months' experience with the Rangers, that could be D'Angelo. You know, he's still very young and young defensemen make mistakes and all that. But, you know, it's it's definitely it's definitely an issue when he doesn't trust these players. So, yeah, that, that's just 
I, w- I was sitting on a lot of that for a while and the whole nitwit thing, but I'm all done now. Pat, you had a thought before you needed to bounce. Yeah, I have a, I have a small thought um, just to build off of what Mike said about this being a, a particularly significant October for Alain Vigneault. So, um, as Mike alluded to, the Rangers have 10 home games in October, which is like pretty much a quarter of their home games. Um, I think that really, to me, in like a subtle way, will heighten the – I mean, aside from the fact that Vigneault needs to figure it out for the whole host of reasons that Mike and Shana got into, I think – in at least a marginal way, the fact that they have 10 home games is going to raise the stakes a little bit because that looks bad. If you lose, like, seven of those, eight of those, that's going to look really bad, you know? And the media will pick up on that. The fans will pick up on that. You know, like, the players will certainly pick up on that. I mean – Kevin Shattenkirk didn't come here to get booed off the ice by the garden. And like, if they lose like seven or eight of those, I guarantee you that'll happen. I mean, dudes, dudes up in the blue seats were ready to turn on the team. Like opening night. They're like already people are complaining. I mean, it's crazy. And you got to believe that the media is going to, you know, pick up on that, that they lose however many home games. I mean, God willing, they win all the rest of their home games. Um, I'd love it if they did, obviously. Um, But I think that raises the stakes in a subtle way to make it, like Mike said, a very significant October for Alain Vigneault. Um, I mean, the minute... closing thought. I have to... I should bounce. So thanks for having me on. on. Pat... Um, if you would like to follow Pat, which you should be doing, it is, well, do you, do you care? Oh yeah, you can, you can go ahead. It's K-A-T-P-E-E hockey. So yeah, go follow that's him. my, Kathy hockey. that's my handle. That, that's it. That's it right um, there. Um, bye everybody. See you, man. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye, Pat. Um, yeah, yeah, I, and and I will say that the media will one hundred percent jump on that as a story once they realize that it's a story. I don't think I think Brooks is slowly turning on Vigneault, but no one else is. Everybody, every other member of the media waits until they know they're right and they can't be wrong, and then they then they jump ship, and that's just that's just what it is. Well, I think we've we've said a lot of things today. Patreon.com slash Blue Shirt Banter is where you should go to donate money to us. And if you do that, you'll get your name read live on the radio. Anthony Viola, John J. Porter, Eric Cohn, Alexander Ricard, Daniel DeGem, Matt Bader, George Littman, Guy from Montana, Andrew Grigo, John Reppy, Stink Fleeman, Trevor Kempner, Dan Carosi, Arch Williams, Bob Kawa. Alexander Thornton, Igor Zatlovsky, Thomas Osa, and Michael Silvers. Thank you all for donating. You guys are heroes. The rest of you are not heroes, but you should be. Go to patreon.com slash blue shirt That's not true. Michael Silvers. We have to force them into this, Michael. Michael Silvers sounds like the name of a really good weatherman. What? 
Maybe he is. Maybe he is a weatherman. You know, like He's not, but he you know, is like a Sam sports champion. broadcaster. You know, like Sam Champion. Oh, that's a great name for a sports broadcaster. Sam, Sam Champion? Champion is like perfect for for sports. Yeah. He went into the wrong. How great is that? Yeah. Um. So yeah, you can uh, you can follow Shayna at Hey Shay. Three wise. <laughs> uh, can you edit it, Shana, to add more at. wise to it? So Joe has to do that. I, I really should. Like, if I changed it, I probably would forget how many wise and screwed up. But like, at least I know it's three and three. Yeah, I've three tried three. to change it. Just doesn't. I'll forget. It's simple. Um, you can also buy her it scarves like a high at so not. It's so not right. So in not. So in not. Because it was like you know. You know, like the bracelets are, they're all little knots, every stitch in a bracelet. So it's like you're sewing, but it's a bunch of knots. I thought it was clever, right? I, I didn't say anything bad about it. And it's I, even like if I thought. Them, it's not a great name. Even if I thought something bad, I wouldn't say it because I you scared the shit name. out of me today. I did not do anything scary. I, you like. Were, I, if that's I what you would like me to believe, then that is what I will believe. Just so that I have a lot of me. opinions. Um, I won't. Yell at us. Michael Murphy, big BSB. And um, Joe stole my BSB thing. He's I did. That's, that's a good point, actually. Oh, wait. Go to and we got to mention, you have to, follow, you have to follow Mike's stuff at Sporting News, all the women's hockey stuff he's writing. Can't forget that. Oh, uh, thank you, Shana. No, thank you to Joe, who didn't bring it up, but thank you, Shana. What did you say to me, son of a bitch? Um, <laughs> yeah, go follow the hub. Uh, Twitter.com slash blue shirt banter is not me anymore. It's the hub. So Yeah, we all take turns. We all take turns. I haven't taken a turn yet, but we all take turns. Um, Neither have I. Because I'm a terrible person. I'm a freeloader. Shana, Beth, Tom, it was really good. They were all really good. Um yeah, I'm Joe Fortunato, BSB, F-O-R-T-U-N-A-T-O, as in Oreo. Because when I say that to people, they think I'm saying L, and it pisses me off. It is not an L. It doesn't even sound like an L. It's an O. Um, BSB. And I miss Dominic Moore. We stayed Moore. on track. We stayed I miss Dominic track. Moore, too. I think Dominic Moore was a hell of a guy and a hell of a... Yeah. Like, when he scored against the Rangers, I'm not, I'm not even mad. I Dominic Moore is legitimately... One of the best people, period, and one of the best people in hockey, no question. Yeah, I was I was really He's scoring that we goals lost him. for Toronto. Yeah, well everybody's scoring. And goals he doesn't for even Toronto. have a confirmed role there. They're flipping him with uh, Eric Fair. Good for him, like earning his place. Goddamn right, See, folks. Nice things do happen to good people. Yeah, as they should. Except if you're Filipino. Or they, Brendan thought... Smith. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Filipino. I was like, where is that coming from? <laughs> wow. I, I know. I was surprised. Is our uh, is our friend Darwin? He was from the Philippines, right? Oh, oh yeah. You know, we were so wrong about Heedle, though. Remember, like, last time we were talking before that, we're like, if you're going to go anywhere, just don't go to Hartford. Like, it's there's no yes, point we were, if you're a defenseman. Go to, we were he's in Hartford. Wrong. We were and, very and, wrong. It's the best place for him right now, honestly. Yeah, because I, I didn't Hartford. realize it wouldn't burn the games. 
until like we talked about that. I think I, like, well, I didn't know either. It had to be it had to be told to me. So as usual, I'm I think terrible. the best place the best place for him is in the loving embrace of his mother. That's what I think. Because he's young. Well, and it's innocent. about time we hit the dusty trail. Um, because he's very young and he's been heartbroken. Tell Zuccarello, um, don't let Zuccarello be his friend or he'll never have a place on this team. Well, no, if Zuccarello's oh, his friend, he's getting traded. So. I was going to say let Zuc be his friend. That'll make him happy. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Mm. Nope. Can't allow that. Zuccarello gets no friends. Maybe Except we should make Hank, Stephen Camper his friend. Ooh. Or Holden. Or AV. No, him and AV like, need to become friends. <laughs> Vigneault, so become friends I, with your player. You hear me? I I should get my mom a jersey. I swear every player I've gotten her like is no longer Haglin, Callahan, um I forget who else. I would get her jerseys and when Brendan Smith signed his extension cuz she wanted Buchnevich and I said you can't have him. She was like, "Okay, I want a Shea one." I'm like, "No. They they don't have long-term deals." No. When Smith extended, she was like, "I'm buying a Smith jersey." So I was like, "You know what? By all means, buy the Smith jersey." And this happened and I'm like, this is not fair. I kept threatening to get her a Girardi jersey last year. I'm like, get a Girardi jersey. He'll leave the team. Get mother, a Girardi jersey. Now she got Smith. Is what it is. She is. I'm like, you can have the retired players. The rest are mine, and you can borrow mine on occasion, but you can't get them yourself. My infamous line, Brittany wanted a jersey, and she had gotten a Girardi jersey because he wore 23, and that was her number in lacrosse. So she wanted another jersey, and I was like, oh, get a Callahan jersey. He'll never get traded, and then he got traded that year. So. <laughs> She has not gotten yeah, I did the same thing. thing, and I don't think she's going to be allowed to. Um, yeah, all right. Well, thank you all for listening. We appreciate it, and uh, yeah, talk to you later. Bye. Horses. Beth is a whale.